0: what's up? It's Andrea. Today, we play intergalactic he said, she said. Commander Riker really should have watched some Perry Mason before threatening anyone. And we asked the question, how far did Riker really get with Manua? Stay tuned.
1: Welcome to the TNG podcast, the number one place in the Alpha Quadrant to geek out about all things Star Trek The Next Generation. I'm your co-host Sharice. Hey, I'm your co-host, Andrea. Today, we're talking Season 3,
0: Episode 14, A Matter of Perspective. This episode was written by Ed Zuckerman and directed by Cliff Bull. It's date 43610.4. The widow of respected scientist, Dr. Nell Apgar, accuses Riker of killing her husband and trying to seduce her.
1: Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> I was trying to think of how can I read that like the most dramatic way possible. Yeah, that I think you nailed it. I think you nailed it. What I love about this episode, and I'm so excited to dig into, is I love the multiple perspectives thing. Because one, as a viewer, that's just cool. It's just It's just mm-hmm. fun to watch. But then two, as a human like this is reality um I actually did jury duty just a couple weeks ago and this is exactly what jury duty is when you listen to witnesses it's everybody's different perspectives on what happened and how they remembered things happening yes and I love this line that we'll we'll get to at some point but where Troy's just like well it is the truth as so-and-so remembers it like everybody Mm -hmm. remembers it very differently Mm -hmm. in this episode but no one is actually lying which is so so interesting
0: yes Um, I totally agree with you. I love this episode for the same reason. It's sort of these like alternate realities um, and trying to parse out what the truth actually is. And you're absolutely right. The truth as people remember it could be completely different. Mm -hmm. And um, I remember reading an article that talked about how um, in the court of law, you know, you have to like try to rely as much as possible on like eyewitnesses, Mm -hmm. but now with like cameras and stuff kind of being you know, everywhere. Um, Cameras are showing that the truth as the witnesses remember could be vastly different. Like five witnesses could have five completely different memories of the same event. And I think that Mm -hmm. this explores that in a really cool way. Yeah, totally. And it's a a fun episode. You're in the holodeck. Mm -hmm. Riker's getting
1: punched or not punched. (laughs) It's just a fun episode. (laughs) This is a really great episode. And you know, Andrea and I tried to record this episode earlier and it didn't work out. And something I said mm-hmm. in that recording um, is that this reminds me of a Voyager episode. That's exactly like this. Is so, it? <laughs> yeah. So since we weren't able to record that day I went and watched the Voyager episode because I was having all the nostalgia feels for it. And, oh, man, it's good. Like, it's good, <laughs> too, because they do the same exact storyline, except the difference is they have um, in their criminal justice system in this particular episode. They already, it was Tom Paris, of course, who was flirting with the wife of the, you know, the widow, the Voyager's Riker, of course, that's exactly who he is. And (laughs) so their punishment, their, their punishment for murder on that planet was they implant the memory from the victim of their last moments of life of them getting murdered. Holy shit. That's dark. Yes. They implanted into the killer's mind so that every 14 hours you relive in vivid detail You killing that person. Oh my god, I would rather be put to death. Which is yeah, which is interesting because they had found him guilty and implanted the memories all before they even contacted Voyager. And then when they contacted Voyager and they're like, all right, you know, here's the prison prisoner, here's what the sentence we've carried out, they were like, This is awful. Take this away. There's got to be another system. And of course, Tuvok finds that, well, before they invented this technology, it was just lethal injections. So I don't know if you're gonna like the other the alternative if Jeez. we can't do this. So yeah, but it was the same idea. And you like went through the memory and there was the witnesses. Oh, oh my God. So good. So I'm that just excited to dig into this. Such
0: creative writing and reminds me a lot of the episode we had with, um, Roga Danar and his group of like militants yes. breaking out from the Luna colony. Mm-hmm. And like, they can remember because of their heightened memory, like every, every single, single face yeah. of their like victims. It was like, Oh God, like that's no, I'd rather be put to death, hands down. Like, nope, let's just, I'll do it myself. It's fine. <laughs> Except Give me the, injection, for the fact It's that fine. he was innocent.
1: Oh. <laughs> so in that case, <laughs> yikes. All right. So we'll nice lunch, anybody? Episode. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, just, just to say that like this episode was so good. Everybody of that episode and I watched that one and that was so good. And so now I'm excited that we're talking about this one again. Yay. All right. Um,
0: well, <laughs> well, let's, let's just jump right in. Um, we start seeing a little slice of life aboard the Enterprise, which those little slices of life are just so much fun because 99% of what we see aboard the Enterprise is people on duty and Picard having like taking an art class Mm -hmm. in what is very obviously the observation lounge. (laughs) I was like, huh, what happens if you need to have a meeting all of a sudden? It's like nude model, you're out of (laughs) here. I love seeing Picard like taking a like class and just sort of relaxing and having like recreational time. I loved it. I loved it. Mm-hmm.
1: Um and and this ship is so big. They really should have an art room. I think this is just a yes. a, a set challenge. I think this was supposed to look like a separate art room. Yes, it you was. Just- didn't, it was they, maybe they needed to put some paintings on the wall or something to mix it up a little bit. Right. Paintings that are not space, but no, I thought, they were going if- to be space. They're going to be space <laughs> for sure. I was like, okay, you better hope that the
0: Borg do not attack right now because <laughs> this art room is going to be
1: brushes and easels and turpentine and no yeah. room to meet. But who um, cares if the Borg are, are attacking? Who cares about all that stuff? Yeah. <laughs> so in this scene, I actually thought, and, and I don't remember, I didn't remember that Picard Try to take up painting. Cause I think they do a little, a few slices of life with Picard trying mm-hmm. to find the groove, you know, what things are we catch him doing? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But then, and then they kind of settle on reading after they try all these different things, <laughs> they settle on a good book at a cup of tea is like the perfect <laughs> slice of life and listening to classical music. And that yep. kind of, they find that groove where they're like, every time we pop in on the captain, that's just what he's going to be doing. But you know, here they're still they're still trying.
0: Yes, I feel like budgetary constraints were like, what's the absolute <laughs> minimum he could be doing? We're not that doing horses
1: in season three. That <laughs> Yeah. No, we need that for, to pay actual writers to do actually real good writing. Yeah. (laughs) Which they did money well spent. But when it started up with the paintings, I thought for sure this was data because they also play around with slice of life for data. And so I was like, Oh, this is cool. You know, this is when we first see data getting into painting, but it was Picard. And I was like, Oh, Oh, okay. I forgot about that. And then when Mm -hmm. data and Picard are talking and data, like, you know, hesitantly, gives him feedback. I was just like, oh, this is so good. (laughs) It was
0: so good. Okay, so exactly. So at this point, the slice of life still entails Picard doing some sort of activity that is not reading. And yes, he's (laughs) painting based on a nude model. And... Poor Data <clears throat> has to come in and deliver some sort of news. And Picard is like, please, you know, give me your feedback on the painting.
1: Because Data and, was giving so much great feedback to the other artists. that Yeah, as he I walked see. By- I see.
0: And since so-and-so is perfectly replicating the blah, blah, blah method. It's uh-huh. like, yeah. And then poor Data is stuck in what I call the ugly baby situation, where you like have to give feedback, but you don't really want to say this is one ugly ass painting Mm -hmm. or this baby is not cute. And I'm going to just go out on a limb and say this maybe isn't nice, but not all babies are cute. They're not all cute. They're not. I was an ugly baby. My mom told me right off the bat, which maybe she shouldn't have said. (laughs) That was
1: my earliest memory. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I relive that memory every 14 hours, but no, 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 I don't. But yeah. He's stuck with the ugly baby situation where he's trying to make the best out of a bad situation, but it's data. So he's using the truth. And at some point Picard is like, all right, you know, you don't
1: uh, going forward, you don't really need to give me any feedback on my artwork. Like that's okay. <laughs> yeah. Which is Which is funny because Data's like, he didn't really want to give feedback in the first place. Yeah, Right. Because he's like, well, uh, so this technique was used very poorly. And this other technique, is really awful, and you yeah. <laughs> he, like he's just. It's just so. It's so funny to watch. It reminds me of. I took hip hop dance classes in L. A. years ago, okay. and there was this one class. At the end of the class, one of the dancers was moving or something, and I guess they were kind of a close knit group. So the instructor was like, "Man, you've been so great over the years, seeing you grow and change and whatever." And he gave this great speech about how great this dancer was, and then he went through one by one and said something really amazing about each and every dancer, and then he got to me and he said, "Well." you tried. Oh. And I was like, uh, thank you. And that was this moment. This moment was like, oh. well, Picard, you know, this is Dana going, you were great. And you were great. And you were great. And Picard, you tried. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I Anyways. see that you
0: tried to replicate the such and such method with very poor success. <laughs> <Yep>. mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. So great. Poor Picard. Anyway. All right. So this is what's going on though. Picard has to come to the bridge because they're at this space station or the science station. So it's a small station and a delivery of Dichocillium has been dropped off and Picard needs to come to the bridge to address it. And it's time for Geordi and Riker, who are the sole members of the away team on the space station to come back. And Riker seems a little like, I'm ready to leave now Mm -hmm. about it. And they're like, well, that doesn't, that seems a little off. So Jordy beams back a little bit sooner than Riker. And they're like, Jordy, what's going on? And he's like, you know what? Ask Riker. I don't,
1: I'm not going to say anything. This is not all over again. Yes. I'm not going to say anything.
0: Exactly. And Riker is beamed aboard, but in the middle of this beaming, the science station explodes. And this is again, that amazing, like tr- transporter technology where the space station is blowing up for 45 minutes. And Riker <laughs> still hasn't beamed aboard, <laughs> but then he comes aboard like all in
1: one piece.
0: Mm-hmm. And I believe and I think there was,
1: oh gosh, was it O'Brien? I believe there was like some delay, right? Because the particles that are yep. his matter was yep. caught in the transporter beam during the explosion of high energy yep. because yep. they weren't able to just be like boop he's here they were like uh-oh there was an explosion i don't know if we got him there was and a it's while like, oh my gosh yeah and there was a like, good there was a good little wait but then yeah. when he shows up he doesn't know anything happened he's just like hey how's it going guys and they're like oh thank god you're alive why wouldn't i be alive yeah. Like how scary the is the space
0: station just exploded. Yeah. Yeah. So there's already we've got this like mystery on our hands. Jordi is hesitant to say anything about what happened at the station. Riker was like, get me out of here right now. It's like, what the fuck is going on here? And now you have no other, as far as we know, witnesses to like mm-hmm. corroborate a story. Yeah, to mm-hmm. tell us what happened. So Picard's trying to get answer, some answers. And Riker is being very sulky and very withholding mm-hmm. there's a lot of crossing arms and a lot of pouting and i gotta say it is not Riker's best look i do Mm-mm. not like a pouty man
1: i don't Mm-mm. grow the it's fuck not up. <laughs> and it's not and it doesn't help him at all because he's sitting there like i don't want to talk about because when he comes onto the bridge and picard's like uh so geordie told me i should talk to you about what happened on the planet and he's just yeah. like i don't want to talk about it I don't want to talk about it. And then suddenly Should've someone's like about it, <laughs> you know, and says, Hey, we want to take Riker into custody for murder. And now he's like, uh, Riker, I think we should talk about it. Right. Yeah. Like you should have said, said your side mm-hmm. before this even happened, having nothing to do with criminal charges. Cause you didn't yep. know it was going to happen. Yep. But just because being forthcoming with your captain is really, really important. Mm-hmm. And this is like a big diplomatic situation. And even if you didn't know that Apgar had died, which at this point he does, um, mm-hmm. He just doesn't know that they think it's his fault. Like he should have come forward with that. This is, it seems like an important situation, but. Y-
0: yes. And it's uh, this entire episode feels very unlike Riker. Mm. You know, We'll see mm-hmm. later on, there's testimony from different sides and either way, Riker was behaving sort of in a pretty Un-Riker inappropriate way. way, in a very unRiker riker way. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, at the beginning of this episode, he's sulky, he's withholding, he doesn't want to talk about it. Special Investigator Craig beams aboard the ship. And when he meets Riker, he wants to take him into custody uh, immediately on suspicion of murder. Mm -hmm. And finally, Picard is able to convince Craig, like, don't take him into custody. Like, interrogate him here. We'll recreate everything that you need here aboard the ship. So you don't need to take my first officer away. Mm -hmm. And when this happens, Riker is like, "Uh, Captain, can I? can I talk to you in the kitchen? Like
1: it was very, right. like, and it's like, like, no, where were you, where were you like 15 minutes ago with this dude? Yep. When you could have told your whole side, but now, now it's too late, buddy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I do love that when Picard finally convinces Crag,
0: like, Hey, we can hold all of the inquiries here. Mm-hmm. He calls data in to the ready room to meet him there to be like, Hey, okay. So I need you to work with him. And when data walks in, you see, Riker like poking his head around yes, the corner. Yes. Like, hey, what's <laughs>
1: going on in there? <laughs> I thought that was so, so funny. Great. I was like, really, Riker? Like yeah. <laughs> I know that you're curious, but are you literally standing outside the door? Like, you could almost see the cup in his hand that he's listening through. Yes! You know, what are they talking about? I they're know, ta- right? I know they're talking about me.
0: He's got his comm badge taken apart. He's, like, trying to splice wires <laughs> together to, like, eavesdrop. <laughs> I mean, anxiety is a real thing, and I know what that's like. And mm-hmm. when you're, like, that anxious and it's that important, you're like, I don't care about decorum. I don't care about what's appropriate. I need to figure this out now. And that was him doing that. But it just came across as so funny. So funny. And what
1: was interesting? Two things that were interesting. Yes, it was hilarious because like you just don't see Riker acting so I don't know immature or I don't know it. It was un Riker, but in a funny way. Um, what I totally. the other thing I found interesting about um, Investigator Crag is that one in their penal system, people are found guilty until proven innocent. Yes, and I was thinking like that's kind of harsh, but also faster, I guess. Um, Because you're just like, guilty, guilty, guilty. Like You're just yeah. like, if you, if we even think you're guilty, you're guilty, which is kind of the world that I currently live in. I but was going to say, that sounds very Republican to me, but all right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure not all Republicans are like that, though. Um, and, and then the second thing that I thought was interesting was that um, Picard said the captain decides whether or not extradition is warranted when their people commit a crime on another planet. And I was like, what? I was like, that sounds to me like Prime Directive out the window. Um, yes, hundred percent. I which I get it because if I was the captain, I would also be like, well, let me see what the crime was exactly. Like yeah, I would also I, be that way before I let go of like my crew members to yeah. You. What and let me see the crime and let me see the punishment. If the punishment mm-hmm. is something reasonable, then fine. But if the punishment is like certain death, then no, we're gonna have to like, I'm not yeah. gonna I'm not gonna go for that unless you know I need to see all the facts. So that was just really interesting because I feel like in other episodes, it's always the prime directive and whatnot. But for mm-hmm. him to say, like, hey, the captain has the ability to be like, screw your laws. Peace mm-hmm. out, yo. I was like, really? But also yeah. that that makes sense because I would also want to have that control.
0: Yeah, I mean, it it makes sense, but it, al- it makes sense from a, like, realistic standpoint where you're like, yeah, no, no, no. I'm not, like, just giving you, like, my crew members to do whatever with until we get to the bottom of this because... Uh, a common saying we have here on earth <laughs> is that <laughs> the wheels of justice move slowly, but they do move. So it's that it could be months or years until mm-hmm. we figure out what the fuck is going on. And I'm not mm-hmm. just going to give you Riker for that long. But also, if I had a nickel for every time Picard threw the prime directive out the window, I would have be a, lot of a very rich woman. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, Your pockets would be so heavy. Yes. My pants would fall down <laughs> <laughs> and then I have to use all those nickels to defend myself in a court of law.
1: <laughs> for, for yeah.
0: <laughs> and those wheels of justice move slow, slowly. Anyway. Okay. Now we're just collapsing into ourselves like a dying star. All right. So we're <laughs> okay guys, this is actually how Sharice and I talk even when there are no microphones. 100%. 100%. <laughs> okay. So, so we get to the holodeck, which I'm like, we, the holodeck, it's oh, always so cool. such a delight to play in the holodeck mm-hmm. and we get Riker's testimony. So they rebuild the space station or the science station, sorry, in the holodeck exactly to specs,
1: mm-hmm. which
0: takes 18 hours. I was like, what the heck? That's really detailed. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they take, which I also figured that's probably time to like collect everybody's testimony but they start off with riker's version Mm -hmm. and on the starfleet side everybody was very professional dr apgar is very tense and standoffish about starfleet popping in to like check on him Mm -hmm. and his wife manua wants to jump riker's bones immediately Mm -hmm. um she's undressing him with her eyes and haven't we all done that and she Mm -hmm. makes a pass at riker and Apgar walks in and sees the whole thing and just falls apart. He tr- he smacks Manua, which I was like, ooh, domestic mm-hmm. violence. Even on TV is really icky for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and Riker claims that like he basically left the next day, and like that's when the station exploded. He's like, I beamed off, and bam, bam, it had exploded. And this yeah. whole time, Apgar's like, what are you guys doing here? Stop rushing me. I'll get the Kriegel wave generator up and running. I just need more time. Like. Get off my back.
1: And even after the whole situation with Manua, um, the next day before Riker leaves, Dr. Apgar is like, I would have filed a complaint against you for being inappropriate with my wife, but I'm sure you're going to give a negative report if I say anything. Mm-hmm. So I can't say anything because you're going to tell them that I'm, I'm requesting more materials than I need. So even in his sort of defense of his marriage or something, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. he's still totally obsessed and focused on, why are you on my back? Why are you here? Mm-hmm. What what is it about my work? Like he's not mm-hmm. just focused on the fact that did you screw my wife, like or were you trying because that that's a serious situation that is yeah. kind of like very uh, very much a side note. He's still focused on the report. What kind of report are you yes. getting? And Riker's yeah. just like this has nothing to do with that. None of that will affect my report. Yeah, and I look forward to hearing your complaint. Like you should make a complaint. Go for it. I didn't do anything wrong. Yes. You know?
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, he's just like very. Hyper focused on his work to the point of like having blinders on, which Mm -hmm. I completely agree with you on that. Yeah. And in Riker's version, Manua is the sexual aggressor. Mm -hmm. Um, And he's like, Mrs. Epgar, this is a huge mistake. And I remember in all of the times that I've watched this episode. The thing that I've always really liked about Riker, even though he has a lot of, like, sexual conquests with, like, different women and different aliens or whatever, it's always that the women are willing, right? Remember when yes. um, mm-hmm. Utah wanted to come to him and he's like, no, 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 like, I want an equal in matters of love and I don't want mm-hmm. you here just because, you know, you've Your been servant. sent here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So that felt more real to me as, like, this woman was coming on really strong and he was like, ma'am, no, I don't want, mm, eh. Because normally
1: he'd be like, hey, yeah, whoa, okay. yeah, <laughs> but like he's respecting the whole marriage thing. He's like, no, this is inappropriate. This is a business deal. You're yeah. the wife, like, this is not it's really just weird. This is, yeah. what-
0: however, as I rewatched this for our podcast teardown, I thought he was being really sulky and really weird, and then captain, can I talk to you? Uh, you know, very strange. And I was like, that wouldn't Mm -hmm. have happened
1: if Riker's version had been a hundred percent true.
0: Well, I was like, nope,
1: you're being weird. You're, you know what? That's a really good point. I didn't think about Riker is also a flirt. So I think he would have totally flirted back with Manua Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. why wouldn't he? He always does. So if she's just like, I'm so glad you're here. He'd be like, well, thanks for showing me around. Like he would totally flirt with her, but when it came to sleeping together, he'd be like, no, I don't think we should. Yes. Like that's what I don't think he'd be like, ma'am, ma'am, please put on your clothes, ma'am. Please exit my, (laughs) my room, ma'am. Like, I don't think he would be like that. (laughs) I think he'd be like, that's not the riker we know. Yeah. He'd probably kiss her. They'd probably make out and he'd be like, we can't go further because Dr. Apgar, it's not right. Like that kind of makes more sense to me, Yeah, but his version of being like, you know, a monk super on the straight and narrow yeah it's like dude no
0: so while all this testimony is happening a very powerful radiation burst damages a panel in the hallway and Geordi and inexplicably Wesley go to investigate because there's no <laughs> other engineers aboard the ship and the Enterprise we learn that the Enterprise <laughs> doesn't have anything on board that could generate that kind of radiation so they're like damn okay whatever this radiation was, this is serious. Cause it just like tore through an entire panel. Like it was like cooked pasta, like, yeah, like nothing. Um, then we get to Manua's version of what happened aboard the science station. And I thought Manua was killed aboard the station, but turns out mm-hmm. she had like left
1: just before Riker left. So she survived and here she's yes. telling her story. So Dr. Apgar was the only one who had died. Exactly. Which is, you know, at least there's that.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's like, it's only one person. But in Manua's version, she and Dr. Apgar are like happily married and very in love. Mm-hmm. And Riker is this horn dog that just can't keep his eyes and his hands off of her. And he mm-hmm. propositions her and he tries to rape her. And she's only saved from that because Dr. Apgar walked in and was like, what are you doing with my wife? And then tried to punch Riker and then got his ass handed to him. Mm-hmm. And as he's like, please don't hurt me or my wife, just leave. Ah. Riker's like, you're going to be very sorry. Very sorry. If you report this or something, And I was like, mm-hmm. okay, that's, that is also not the Riker we know. Yeah.
1: You but that has like, that, aggressive. that has no elements of truth. Like yeah. Riker's version. You're like, okay, I could see a lot of this being true. And his mm-hmm. responses being a little bit exaggerated of him especially because so, Captain's watching. Yeah. Exactly. Of him being so straight and narrow. But this version, you're like, this is just crazy. Like Riker is a total <laughs> perv and he tries to rape her and lock the door. And I mean, that that just like you said earlier, he's all about equals in love. Mm-hmm. He is not at all the kind of person who's about power plays when it comes to sex. Yeah. And that's what rape's about. It's about power. And that's not his thing. That doesn't turn him on. That's not his thing. So that was like totally weird. And I thought she was trying to make herself seem like the virtuous devoted wife. Totally. <laughs> so that's why she had totally. to turn him into this monster. So she could be like, but all I ever did was love my husband with purity and happiness. And you're like, ah. that also seemed, I don't yes. even know Emanua, but that story seems a little bit <laughs> not <nasty. laughs> <laughs> I don't know you and I already don't like you because you're <laughs> lying.
0: Yeah. She was very unhappy with her marriage in Riker's version and was kind of blowing him off and like, we don't want to talk about dicocilium and Kriegel waves again, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but in her version, very devoted wife, they just have a great understanding of each other, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, wh- no, okay. Th- this seems wildly off. But while this is all happening, another radiation burst takes place in Sigbay and like eats up a panel in that wall too. And they're like, okay, what is going on here? And they start finally kind of like getting around, like, hmm, these are happening. these bursts are happening every like five hours and 23 minutes. Like this is like timed specifically, like. Mm-hmm. It, it's a it's a suspiciously specific like time interval like mm-hmm. each time right so mm-hmm. they're like okay there's got to be some something's going on it's not just like so, a random burst of radiation going through space and just hit us um but as this is happening Picard is like I don't think I have any choice I'm gonna have to yield to extradition and let them take you and Riker is like panicking and losing it and you're right he's saying like you know, but I didn't do this, you know. And Troy's like, I know you didn't, but also like Manya was telling the truth, and the assistant is also telling the truth, and like the, uh, everybody's telling the truth, and it's really hard to tell, like, what's going on. If I were a Riker, I would be pooping my pants and like fear, because yeah, it's a tough situation to be in.
1: Yeah, and you know, whatever their punishment's gonna be, it's not gonna be a good one. Um, it's gonna be something awful because it's murder, and that's yeah. fair. Yeah. Um, the other interesting thing was when the assistant gave her version, they allowed her testimony in, which is hearsay testimony, which would be thrown out in yep. American law courts and maybe other courts. I don't know, but definitely yeah. in America, you can't just be like, well, he had told me then this other person told me, but you, like, none of that nope. counts as I as <laughs> <eyewitness> <laughs> none testimony of it does, but here they're like, well, of course it does because a dead person can't speak for themselves, which I was like, that's a good point. Mm-hmm. And so in her version, what happened was, I mean, she, I don't think she knew about the whole, I think in her version, Riker and Manua were in it together. They were both happily making out and then he walks in and he kicks the crap out of Riker and is like, and you better write a good report or whatever. And (laughs) Riker goes, you're a dead man. (laughs) I was like, that's a tad dramatic. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And like, if, if you have ever seen Perry Mason, You never tell somebody they're going to be dead because they are going to die the very next day and you are going to be the chief suspect. Yep. So I feel like Riker would have seen that show and known that. So (laughs) in this, in this, Riker should have seen Perry Mason. That's a shirt we need to like put together. Yeah. It is so, in (laughs) this version, it's so funny because as she's telling it, you're like, This is exactly what Dr. Apgar would have told her. Like, this makes total sense that he would have been like, and then I came in and then I punched him and I knocked him out. Like, you're like, oh yeah. So you're five foot seven and Riker is like six foot eight. And (laughs) I don't think so, buddy.
0: Yeah. This this is totally the fantasy version that like Apgar did tell his assistant. He, he totally did. I agree with you. Like in his version, he doesn't get the shit kicked out of him. Mm -hmm. He doesn't. Backhand his wife and like mm-hmm. physically assault her. He punches Riker, and Riker, it's a little bit like Barclay's interpretation mm-hmm. of Riker, which is like short and has like a high pitched voice, where it's mm-hmm. like, Man, you just wanted to like emasculate Riker so that you could feel like more of a man. And that's mm-hmm. what you told your assistant. And it's, it feels so much like when somebody says something nasty to you and you're retelling it to a friend, and you're like, And then I was like, Bum, 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 was like the perfect rejoinder. Mm-hmm. And that friend's like, did you really say that? Or did you think that like 10 minutes later? yeah, <laughs> It's like, I, I thought it 10 minutes and later. And
1: if you're listening to this, by the way, Andrea and I are that friend. We're that friend. Yeah. who's like, mm, I don't know if you really said that. Did we're not like that? the, we're not like the assistant who's like, yeah, that totally happened. We're like, nah, man, you did, you did not knock Riker out, man. That didn't happen. No, <laughs> I tried to, and I bent my finger back and it hurt a lot. I tried to, and then I swung, but then I missed and then I fell. But yeah he helped me up and I was mad. So then I stormed out. That's what really happened. No one's telling that story. <laughs> oh, Dr. Nell Apgar, what are you doing? These Krieger waves, they they realize that they're Krieger waves and they're popping up all over the ship. and Jordy mm-hmm. mentions, hey, if this happens near the warp core, uh, we'll all be toast, which I don't know mm-hmm. if you mentioned toast uh, because we have this thing about toast and toasters in the safe yeah, we're not so we're not totally sure about that. Um uh, but, but basically that's what he said. And yeah. I was thinking that the first time this radiation stuff popped up, I was like, wait, what was that? And then when they were like, wow, it just melted through the bulkheads or whatever. I was like, um, this needs to be top priority. Like yes, yep. or whatever, but like, and that's when Picard was like, we need to move out of orbit. So that way we're protecting the ship. And that's when the inspector was like, no, you can't run away with my prisoner or whatever. But I was like, this is terrifying. Like it's just popping up anywhere. What if it pops up in the warp core? What if it pops up where a body is standing, it could just be anywhere. And I felt yes, like everybody or, was or really Or like an nonchalant. external wall, an external like a bulkhead. Yeah. Of ship. Like you, no, you don't want to hit a gun wall. Like that's a very bad idea. Yeah. Or yeah. like one of the one of the nacelles, or I don't know. I just felt yeah. like this is like if that happened in my house, my house has no explosives that I know of. Maybe the gas line where the stove is. Um, but if stuff was just like, you know, bursting into flames randomly in my house, that would freak yeah. me out. So yeah. I felt like the level of anxiety for the crew was not high enough for me because yes. it yes. was a secondary story, right? It was like a B plot that tied into the A plot. Yeah. A but thousand I, I and twelve like- people could die right now or Riker
0: could be extradited. Let's maybe take care of that thousand <laughs> and twelve people threat
1: first. I, yeah. Just I move like-, by, like, like move behind a moon. You can yes. still transport, like it's fine. Or backup or fine. whatever. They don't know where it's coming from, or <laughs> you know, they're they're trying yeah. to figure it out. And this is at this part, they they know a lot about it at this by the end of the episode. But that's what I was thinking the first time. I was like, oh my gosh, this is terrifying. This could happen anywhere. Why aren't why isn't everybody freaking out? Um, and I like how they, even though they didn't freak out, I like how they tied it in beautifully into the case and yeah. used it to solve the case. I I thought that was very Sherlock Holmes. Yes.
0: Yes. And like, of course, it's Geordi and Wesley who solve the case. <laughs>
1: and we Definitely figure it out. It just be Wesley. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, we, f- <laughs> it really is. We figure out, and by we, I mean Wesley, is that like, they're like, we now know what happened on the space station and we know who killed Dr. Apgar. Insert the bum, bum, bum here. Mm-hmm. And this is a great plot twist. So they don't tell us, they tell Picard, Off screen, and then Picard has this dramatic retelling. And what he does is what I think courts have to do is you splice together the portions of each witness's testimony that makes the most sense with what could realistically happen based on like personality and like, you know, situations and whatever. So here's what we learn the space station in the holodeck was created exactly to specifications. So the wave generator on the surface that Dr. Apgar had been using has been sending these harmless lambda waves to the ship. And the Kriegel wave converter is basically just sort of a set of mirrors, which if it's just a set of mirrors, you definitely don't need like years to figure out <laughs> how to do that. It's like, it's a couple of mirrors. Like it's not. Well, that, but okay. it's,
1: it's where to put the mirrors. That's where really
0: the genius <laughs> comes in. Yeah, I
1: guess that's right.
0: Um, So the holodex faux station has those same mirrors. And so it's been converting those lambda waves into the Kriegel waves. And they're like, okay, we're going to auto-synchronize the holodex testimony with the next incoming lambda wave that's coming from the generator that comes every five hours and 23 minutes or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And, like, this will tell us, like, if it explodes, now we'll have an idea of, like, what happened. So I love when Picard kind of splices together a little bit of Manua's testimony, a little bit of Riker's, a little bit of The Assistant's, and we sort of piece together that Dr. Epgar was a rotten piece of shit, okay?
1: (laughs) just Which somehow kind
0: of, was, did not make it into everyone's testimony. No, <laughs> it made it into basically nobody's, yeah. um, except for maybe Rikers because he was standoffish. But like, that's just social, you know, social anxiety is a real thing. So I, I'm willing to forgive that. But this dude mm-hmm. is categorically scummy. He's got this Kregel wave converter that he says he hasn't dialed in yet, but it turns out he has. And he was going to sell it, question mark, to Starfleet, but they just wanted like a different, a new power source.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But he's like, mm, okay, I, you know, Manua has stood by me all this time, and I've been this like kind of asshole husband that's like not paid any attention to her, blah, blah, blah. Like, I will reward you beyond your wildest dreams. The amount that Starfleet was going to pay him for the Kriegel wave converter was not going to give any sort of rewards that he thought Manua deserved. Mm-hmm. Instead, he's like, I'll talk to the Ferengi, the Romulans, the Klingon, whoever. This can be a weapon
1: source. So now he's basically, you know, like a black market arms dealer. Mm hmm. And, but, like, a really bad one, because he's a scientist and not an arms dealer,
0: exactly, exactly. So he <laughs> he realizes that, like he's ordering all this extra dicocilium, like to something, his experiment, whatever that is, like bolster it question mark. But when Starfleet came and started poking around, they were just doing like a friendly visit, but he was like, you know, he had the guilty conscience. He' was like, "Oh, crap, they're on to me. They're on to me, They're on to me." Riker was like you know I'm out of here I'm leaving and Apgar thought like oh my god Riker is on to me and he's going to report me and this is all mm-hmm. over so he decides he's going to kill Riker so as Riker is beaming off he deflects the energy from the Kregel wave converter onto the transport beam just a little bit too late thinking he's going to hit Riker instead it off and that they'll off. think
1: it was a transporter accident when exactly. Riker shows up on the Enterprise dead
0: Yes. When he, or yeah, when he doesn't show up at all. Exactly. So instead though, as we know from transport technology, everything just bounces off of transporter beams and it bounced back onto the wave converter, destroying the space station and killing Dr. Apgar.
1: And I was like, geez. Okay. And it took like a good three seconds. So when he, when Dr. Apgar moved the beam and it started to try to shoot Riker and then it reflected back onto the mirrors, you just see the look in Apgar's face where he's like, uh, yeah. Um. Uh, <laughs> and then it all explodes because three seconds is not that long, but at the same time, it's kind of long. It wasn't like, boom. instant. Yeah. It was like enough time for him to look at Riker, look at the machine and be like, oh be crap. Like, oh, shit." Yeah. yeah, exactly.
0: Exactly. And I loved this ending to the story. I thought it was really tight writing. You have this A and B plot that interweave to create a complete picture at the end, which is the exact thing that we were missing the entire time. You know, we're hearing these different testimonies and it's completely different. Um, And we end up using like science to get to the truth of the matter, which I thought was really Star Trek and very (laughs) Mm sci-fi. It was so great. And, you know, uh captain picard's like explanation of what happened pulling testimony directly from, from everyone other, from everyone paints this more complete picture and as things are like being revealed it's a nice slow reveal mm-hmm. to us the viewer which i love you know cuz when you get like a murder mystery but you see at the very beginning who murders the person and you just have to watch like everybody else slowly realize it, it's like you know the ending already like mm-hmm this was like, I don't remember how they're going to get to, like, how are they going to figure this out? What the hell is going on with this radiation aboard the ship? Mm -hmm. I just thought like, this was such a perfect ending. and just
1: like such a nice reveal. What did, what did you, you're you're so right. I didn't know either. Like as, and I've seen this, obviously I've seen this episode a million times, but as they were, as Picard was unveiling it, Sherlock Holmes style, which I love Sherlock Holmes style. Yes. I was sitting there going. It's the best style. Yeah. I was sitting there going, I don't get it. Like, I still don't know what happened until he said, this is what happened. And this is what happened. And this is what happened. I was like, oh, Mm -hmm. but that was like the last few minutes. And unlike season one, where they would reveal something in the last two minutes and you're like, wow, that really was not worth it. Yes. (laughs) It was totally worth it. Like the way it was revealed felt really good. And I love how, when he pieced together people's testimony, you know, each person was like, but I didn't say that, but that never happened, but I didn't do that. And he was like, Mm -hmm. regardless, the substance of your conversation was still the -hmm. fact that Dr. Apgar wanted money. You all said that in a different way. And everybody was just kind of like, well, okay, well, yeah, you know, it's like everybody agreed on it. And -hmm. then at the end it was just incontrovertible. Um, and the inspector was just like, well, all charges have been dropped. Boom. We don't even need to go to court on my mm-hmm, planet. It's mm-hmm. just like, all right. You know, and I, I was expecting Manuel to be like, oops, um, <laughs> but whatever. She should also be super sad because her husband just exploded. So I don't know.
0: Yeah. Her husband, which with whom she had either a really great relationship or a very like, mm
1: but either way trash relationship. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Either way who killed himself lo-
1: by trying to murder someone. Yeah. Like he's not a great guy at that.
0: No, he, he, he is trash. The dude is just trash. Yeah. Yeah. This is, this is the classic, like scientist becomes too obsessed with their experiment and then murder people who get in their way. <laughs> <story>. <laughs> it's like, classic. Dude, okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, I say classic because that kind of story has been done a bunch a of times. times. We're like, look at yeah. the terraforming episode where the guy was like, yeah, a bunch of my people have died. We need to keep going.
1: Like, it's like Yeah. No. Or the guy with his stupid egg who almost got the whole ship sucked into a star because he's like, but this is my life's work. Yeah. No. And murdered a bunch of like sentient aliens to try to yep. get his stuff going. Yep. Yeah.
0: Man, scientists classic. get a really bad rap <laughs> <laughs> at Star Trek
1: unless they're Wesley. (laughs) Uh,
0: Yeah. Unless they're like cute, like 16 year olds or 17 year olds, then, then yeah. Um, all right, Sharice, do you have any final thoughts on this episode before we wrap? (laughs)
1: Yeah. I, in my notes, I wrote for my final thoughts that this episode is a commercial for the buddy system because you cannot (laughs) trust Riker alone with anyone's wife ever again. (laughs) (laughs) That is like, It's a PSA for the the power of the buddy system. (laughs) 100%. That was my big takeaway. What about you? Oh, my God. I mean, my big takeaway was I love the reveal at the end. Um,
0: I love the he said, she said, but it's not a he said, she said, like we get to see in court. It is a Star Trek sci-fi, he said, she said, where Mm -hmm. you get to see all of it reenacted. It's always just like a fun popcorn watch. Mm -hmm. It's never really that deep but it's always a good time.
1: Yeah. And it can't really be that deep because there's so many people telling the same story over mm-hmm. and over and over. It has to be mm-hmm. a simple story. You can't forget. Mm-hmm. And then you get to notice all the little differences. So oh, yeah. I think it's a very successful model. TNG does this a couple more times. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love all of the episodes. <laughs> that do it's this. Just so fun. It's, it's a yeah. nice sprinkle. Yeah. Plus holodeck is like even better. I mean,
0: it, this mm-hmm. episode definitely gets, um, gets high marks for me. Um, but oh my God. Okay. Next week we are talking about arguably one of the best TNG episodes ever season three, episode 15 yesterday's enterprise. Cherise, I've had so much fun nerding out with you about this. This was, this was a fun
1: episode and it was a fun chat. Yeah, this was amazing. And next week is going to also be amazing. We're going to have a special guest with us. So, Hey, if you are excited about yesterday's enterprise, get ready for a very long episode because yep. we have a lot to say. So bring your notes. We'll bring our notes. And then let's all just <laughs> compare next week. <laughs> totally. All right, guys, we'll see you next week. Bye everybody. Thanks for geeking out with us. Be sure to join the crew at the TNGpodcast.com to be the first to know when we do our live shows or host events exclusively for our members. We'll see you next time.